If you don't watch it, the Spirit of God's going to fall in this place and He's going to heal somebody's heart. He's fixing to make a change in somebody's life right now. Lord, we invite you into this place right now. Lord, move in this place right now in the name of Jesus. We invite your presence. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your anointing. Let's sing it one time, DC. Can you sing it? If you play it, I think I can sing it. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's just something, just something about that name. Master, Master, Savior. Like a fragrance after the rain. Hallelujah. Is he mighty? He's powerful. The name of Jesus invokes so much power. So much power. It's a mighty name. It's a powerful name. When I heard him playing that, I was like, man, I, I just feel like I just need to sing the name Jesus. Just say the name Jesus. I don't know if you remember, but there's a few sermons back where I mentioned that you need to be able to have some moments and some memories that you've had with God where just the beginnings, just play the beginning of that song, DC, just where you just begin to hear it. Jesus. Something as small as just the beginnings of a keys on a keyboard or a song on the radio, and you're like, oh, I can go back there right now. Thank you, Jesus. That memory came back to me of being at an altar or having a moment with you, God, and we need to have those memories. You need to have good memories of being with your Lord and Savior in spirit, in prayer, and time with God. If you don't have those memories then begin to make those memories. It's important. It's important. Thank you, DC. We appreciate you uh, playing for us, singing for us. The praise team did a marvelous job today. We're so blessed to have good talent in this church. There's so much talent that there's people that are on the waiting list to be able to play and sing in this church. Praise God. We've got backups. So uh, we're glad that you're here today. If it's your first time here, we welcome you. The Covenant Church, uh, we would love to meet you directly uh, immediately after church. We have a room right over here to my right, and we'd love to meet you over there. Also, if you've been coming to Covenant Church and you're wondering, what is the next step for me? We would love to tell you about the next steps here at Covenant Church. We would love for you to come to Covenant Church and be a part of this family. But I tell you what, it's more than just coming to church. We immediately love to get people plugged in, working, volunteering, just being a part of something bigger than just you and your, your four and no more. There's a greater calling for all of us to do more for God. And I promise you, you're not going to have to wait a long time and hang around for weeks and months and years before someone says, Hey, you ready to help? We are excited about what God is doing. We're excited about where God is taking us in His kingdom. It's His kingdom. And it's His kingdom that is here on earth and we are to be good stewards of it and we are called to further his kingdom and his good news and the message that he has shared with us he saved us he changed us he raised us up amen don't get don't fall asleep yet you're not going to fall asleep with me you're not going to fall asleep with god you're not going to fall asleep with god amen Groundbreaking service tonight, there's been a lot of planning, there's been so many meetings with architects and workers and, and, and contractors and different things. We're so thankful for Spencer Pate and his family and for what he's doing and we're grateful that tonight we are going to break ground. We've got the brand new shovels that are probably going to have some bows on them, you know, and we're going to be out there just doing the first part. There's some people that are going to have their hands and feet on some shovels tonight that that's the last thing they're going to do <laughs> as far as it's the first thing and the last thing and they'll say look what we did we, we <laughs> you know how it goes I've seen so many big buildings put up in Tyler where there was a man uh, who had a nice 
blazer or jacket on and a, a nice tie and some nice two or three hundred dollar leather shoes and he's out there with a gold shovel where do you find gold shovels evidently they make them or they spray paint them I don't know we're not doing gold shovels tonight I refuse to do a gold shovel we're not going to spray paint it gold and they've got their hard hats on I've always thought that was so funny all these men in shirts and ties and they've got and, and ladies and they've got their hard hats on like they're about to do something they're not going to set foot on that job site until uh the ceremony that's it's finished, and they're gonna have the, the they're gonna get to enjoy all of the hors d'oeuvres and the fancy food and the drinks and celebrate. Look what we did! You didn't do anything. I'll tell you what, there are so many in Covenant at Covenant Church that are doing. You are doing week in and week out, day in day out. So much that is getting done. I will tell you real quick about Tuesday nights, our help night, hope, elevate, learn, and prosper. Many, many uh, classes. The entire church is taken up, believe it or not. Uh, the sanctuary, this room, every room in our church, there's a lot of rooms. Every single room is occupied with something to help you out, a class, uh, something to motivate you, to empower you, to, to mentor you, to teach you. Uh, now as far, we're even going out to the portable buildings out in, off of the parking lot to, to expand and we praise God for expansion in Him. I, I praise God for people who want to share and teach others and not just take a stance of like, teach me some more, teach me some more. I've been going to church for 40 years. I need to learn more. Just feed me. No, we got a, a group of people who are wanting to feed others and teach them and help them to learn more about God and more about raising their family, raising up children to become men and women of God. Amen. <laughs> amen. Amen. I want to welcome the online guests, those that are watching online. We've got some that are watching live uh, all the way around the world. And it's, you know, 10 o'clock at night uh, where they're watching church uh, this morning, tonight. Tomorrow night, it's, it's, I don't even know how to say it, uh, it's dark there. So uh, we welcome them and all those that couldn't make it today. If you're watching online, we welcome you. Just invite the presence of God into your home. When we're raising our hands, I know you're raising your hands. When we're singing, you're singing. And God's presence is there with you today. And if you're sick and you couldn't make it today, we pray for God's healing upon your body. So grateful for Brother Joe Fletcher being here today. He told me when I went back there just now during the praise and worship and I talked to him, he said, man, he said, you just don't know how much you miss it until you're gone for Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. And the doctors wanted to do a lot to him and not very much was done to him because God was doing it. Amen. And we've had this happen over and over with this church body. I've, I've got to believe it's from prayer and fasting and seeking the face of God and turning away from sin. Let's just keep it real simple. It's not a hard equation. Turn away from sin. Pray. Fast. Seek God. Put Him number one in your life. And you're surrounded by many, many others that are doing the same thing. We're all doing it. And God, I believe, is honoring this sacrifice. This sacrifice. We are not just a bunch of churchgoers. I refuse to just be a part of just a group that's just a bunch of churchgoers. I want to be some doers. We're going to hear the word and we're going to do the word. Amen? Amen. If you would, just bow your heads with me and let's pray. Father, I ask that you just bless us today. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, that it's powerful. I thank you, Lord, that it cuts me and opens me up and lets me receive from you, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would stir us up in the name of Jesus, in your mighty name, God. Stir us up. Convict us, Lord, today. Help us to see ourselves. Help us to, to change and to do better and to reach out to this community and this world around us and our family. In the name of Jesus, everybody say amen. All right, well, if you've got your Bibles, you can turn with me to Joshua chapter 5. And I want to just read a little bit in chapter 5 and also just a tiny bit in chapter 6. Chapter 5, verses 10 through 15 of Joshua. On the evening of the 14th day of the month, while camped at Gilgal on the plains of Jericho, the Israelites celebrated the Passover the day after the Passover that very day they ate some of the produce of the land. 
unleavened bread and roasted grain, the manna stopped the day after they ate this food from the land. There was no longer any manna for the Israelites, but that year they ate of the produce of Canaan. I'm going to come back to this, but that word produce, that is fruit, okay? And we're going to touch on manna and what manna was. So then we read a little bit further uh, through verse 15. This is the fall of Jericho. Now when Joshua was, near, Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, Are you for us or for our enemies? This was a mighty looking, mighty powerful man. This was an angel of the Lord. And so I would begin to think as I saw him with sword, sword drawn. I was like, hey, let me just go check up on this guy real quick. Hey, are you for us? I hope you're going to say yes. Are you for them or are you for us? And so he had a question. But he says this in verse 14. Neither, he replied. I'm not for you and I'm not for them. But as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, What message does my Lord have for his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Often we've, talked, we've heard this in the word of God and we've seen it before. where it, Take off your shoes. Take off your sandals. Maybe there's a message in that right there. When, when God says, Take off your shoes. You're standing on holy ground. Maybe he's referring to maybe we need to just spend a little time stay here a little while when I get relaxed at my house and I get kicked back in that recliner and I hit that button and it goes and catches and I'm leaned back I like to take my heel and kick off my shoes because I plan on staying in that position for a little while so maybe God's telling us today, it's holy ground, be here, stay a little while. Too many of us want to just pray for just five seconds because praying might be tough. I don't know what to pray about. I don't know how I can pray longer than five minutes. Lord bless this food, bless my family, amen, thank you Jesus, hallelujah. Okay, we're done, I prayed. There is something that comes with an extended amount of prayer and commu it's communication with God, speaking to God, meditating on God, longer than 30 seconds. Because I've, I've often asked people, hey, you know what, God changed my life. He, he allowed me to learn how to pray. Do you pray? Oh, yeah, I pray. I'm a Christian. I pray every morning. I say, Lord, bless me and bless my family. Amen. That's great. That's great. But there is something, there is a power that comes. You, you need a powerful relationship, and there is a power that comes with an extended amount of prayer time with God. Let's go to Joshua 6. We'll just read two verses here. Now, Jericho, Jericho was tightly shut up because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. He says, I have it's coming. It, it, they didn't see it yet, but he said, I have delivered this. Lord, we don't see it. The walls are still up. What do you mean you've delivered the, this, this city, Jericho, into our hands? It doesn't look like you've delivered it into my hands right now because what I see right now is some mighty tall, strong walls and some mighty strong warriors. I don't know how in the world you're going to tell me that the, the battle is mine. The victory is mine. There could be some of you here today where the, the situation you're facing and what you got or what the world has put in your lap and just life in general, you say, the victory's not mine. The victory's not mine. No, I don't, the battle is not mine. I have not won anything. I mean, I don't even have to look very far and I see well, there's a defeat. That's coming, you know, that's coming to me. I know that's going to happen next week and I know the week after that, that's coming to me. There's no victory in that. God wants to rewrite your story starting right now. And what you see in front of you is not what God sees. If we can only see through God's eyes, God sees victory for us. We, the walls were up and he's saying, 
The city is yours. We can't even get in the city. The city is yours. I have given it to you. This doesn't make sense. This does not make sense. I was telling a man just the other day, I said, when I finally gave my life to God and when I finally turned my life over to God, for real, because you know all of us, you know we be saying we Christians and we, oh, I've given my heart to the Lord. I gave my heart to the Lord when I was 12 years old. Praise God. But we really don't. But when I finally gave my heart to the Lord, I told him, I said, man, it's amazing how blessings just become to fall on my family, things that were unexplainable. It was amazing what God did, doors that would open, things that would fall into my lap. It was blessing after blessing after blessing. I will tell you what, I faced the opposite side of that. And if you're there, I'm telling you, there's hope for you. Just give your heart to the Lord. But cursings, pain, distress, torment, you will face all of that. It's one or the other. I'm telling you, it's time. It is so, it's past time for some walls to fall. It's time for walls to fall today. Not tomorrow, not next week, not next year. Don't say to yourself right now, you know what, I'm here at Covenant Church today. I'm here in this service. It's great. I'm having a feeling already where this sermon's going and walls are going to fall. Yeah, I like that. Walls are going to fall. Walls are going to fall for me here in about three months because I know what's going on in my life right now. I know what's going on. I appreciate you, Pastor, for being so positive and that positive outlook. Love that. Appreciate it. But really, I'm really feeling more like I'm about a six-month, one-year type of wall going to fall guy. And God's saying, walls need to fall today. Walls need to fall today. Eh, not so much for me. I really am thinking that walls are going to fall for, for Tim Cotton or Julio or Andrew Messer. I really, yeah, Andrew's got his act together and his family. Walls are fixing to fall for them. And I'm just looking at people. Yeah, walls are going to fall for Brad and Casey. That's good. I really, Jack Johnson, wall, I bet walls fell for him this morning. That man, he's on fire for God. Him and Tanya, God bless them. But walls for me, I don't know about that. Because, you know, really... That don't seem like it's going to happen for me. I'm not even foreseeing any type of wall falling. Matter of fact, I feel like the walls got higher this morning. There are mornings when you wake up and you're like, I'm pretty sure I see about five or six courses of brick a little bit higher. That wall just increased on me. Pastor's saying walls are going to fall. My walls are so high, I can't even see the sun. There's shadows on my life everywhere. It's just darkness everywhere. The, the enemy has built up the walls. Tell your neighbor, it's time. It's times. I want to preach to you today for a few moments on hungry for more. Hungry for more. Here we just read how Joshua is receiving powerful vision of what's going to happen and for things to come. Israel had seen, now hear me when I say this, Israel had seen miracles. They had had things fulfilled. They had a way of escape. Past tense, past tense. But now God is saying, there's a new victory. There is a new victory. There's more coming. I have more that is down the road for you. Are you hungry for more? Are you hungry for more? Do you live with an attitude of had or will have, H-A-V-E, are you thinking right now, I had it, I did have it, I had it in the past, past tense, are you, do you wake up in the morning and you say to yourself, I will have, I will do, I will, faith is the substance of things hoped for, do you wake up in the morning, we're all going to wake up in the morning, Lord willing, and when you wake up, do you say, I fully expect to be a failure today. I fully expect this to go the wrong way. Or do you wake up with a little bit of hope? You need to wake up with a little bit of hope. And that will be the start of faith. It's the start. You have to have hope. I don't have hope in myself. I don't have hope in the justice system. I don't have hope in my president. I don't have hope in government. And it doesn't matter who the president is. I don't care if he can't complete a sentence or not. 
It does not even matter. I don't care if our president is as sharp as a tack and he's a genius and the whole world is going exactly what it feels like it should be going in the direction it should be going. I don't have faith in that. I have faith in God. I put my hope and trust in Him. I wake up in the morning and I have hope. I have hope and trust in Him. We need faith. But beyond that, we've got to have hope. So wake up in the morning and say something positive to your wife. Wake up in the morning if you're having trouble in your marriage and say, well, I'd be careful about how you say it. I know I'm speaking on hope a lot, so it's going to be really bad if you wake up in the morning and you say, wow, boy, I really hope you do better today. I was really hoping our marriage would go, and you know, I, I, I really hope. Let's change that. Let's just say I believe. I believe today we're going to have a great day. In the name of Jesus, I believe my children are going to be stronger and mightier for, for God and His kingdom. In the name of Jesus, I claim deliverance for myself in the name of Jesus. I claim deliverance from a, a spirit of, of just being down and out and downcast. I claim favor in the name of Jesus. I speak blessing over my family. Not curses, blessing. Your words are powerful. God has said that He will bless the fruit of our lips. What kind of fruit is coming off your lips? Is it rotten bananas and, and soft apples? What kind of fruit are you, what, what are you speaking out of your mouth? The fruit of your lips that God can say, I'll bless that. I'll bless that. I'm on board with that. Because I tell you what, if you're speaking negativity and depression and fear and anger... I know another one who will jump on board with that and he'll, he'll be all up on that. Oh yeah, I'm with you, baby. Anger, strife, depression. I'm right there with you. I'll jump on your back and I'll ride along with you. I'll be here for the ride, baby. Let me get heavy on you. Oh. You know, I think about a man who works out hard, hard, hard. And I have seen him in the gym when we... We, I go way back on, on the gyms here in Rusk. You know, there's always a gym popping up somewhere. But East Texas Medical Center, when it was East Texas Medical Center, and there was a little old gym on the square, and every time I would see this guy, I would say, Hey, man, how you doing? And then, even to today, I saw him the other day at the track. I said, Hey, I can't say his name because I don't want to throw him under the bus. I said, Hey, man, how you doing? And he's just jogging around the track. He said, Hurting. Hurting. He said that 20 years ago. I'd see him at the gym. I'd say, hey, man, how's it going? He'd be, he'd be bench pressure, do some exercise. He's hurting. Hurting. I'm hurting, man. I'm hurting. That was his answer. And I really think he probably was hurting. But listen, if you don't watch it, you're going to be like that man that I have been seeing for 20 years. And hurting. Hurting. I also know there's a man in our community that every time I see him, I say, hey, how are you doing? He said, blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed, brother. How are you doing? I'm blessed and highly favored. And I'll be honest with you, now that I think about it, that man is blessed. And that other man, now that I think about it, he really is hurting. Tell me God won't bless the fruit of your lips. Wake up in the morning with no hope. Go ahead. Go ahead. Do it. It's up to you. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not in your house. I'm not going to be beside your bed when your feet hit the floor. I encourage you to do it. But if you want to just be negative, wake up, and be ne wake up in the morning and be mad and see how that goes for you. If you've been doing that for a long time, stop. Try something else. Wake up in the morning and say, I'm going to have a great day today. Feet on the ground. God, I pray that you would bless me today in the name of Jesus. Bless my family, bless my work, bless my home. In the name of Jesus, I just want to say it. I want to just say it. I'm going to try it. Today, I believe God is calling all of us to be hungry for more. With every victory, guarding against complacency. So victory can bring complacency. The team that wins the state playoff, the team that goes really deep in the playoffs, it's really easy next year to be cocky and overconfident because they just won. And the team 
that many times you'll see fall is a team that is very overconfident. They're cocky. They've won. They've had victory after victory after victory. I've got a friend of mine at work. He's always bragging about his little girl softball team. He said, man, we have outscored the competition so much this year. They, it's like a hundred and something. This is softball, so it's a lot of points, a lot of runs. Excuse me, runs. And so a lot of these runs to like two runs on games and games all during the season. Get to the playoffs, lost, out. They haven't had any competition. They haven't played anything that's been stretching them and pressing them. To, it was a little harder. Listen, there is something to be said about a little bit of pressure, a little bit of pain, a little bit of a pushback that you get from the world where you say, I need to fight a little harder. I need to buckle down a little harder. As my brother-in-law says, he said, we've got to bear down. It's time to bear down. Come on now, let's bear down. When life is so easy... When you've had victory after victory after victory, you can become complacent. So for those of you who are very well off financially, watch yourself. I don't have to worry about the light bill. I don't, I don't have to worry about anything. I've got everything is taken care of. I'm set. I'm set and my kids are set. You better watch yourself because you can be complacent. It is hard for a rich man. It's harder the Bible says it is harder for a rich man. And we all, if we don't really realize it or not, we are all wealthy and rich. God has blessed many of us. When you look at the world, go to Haiti. Go to some other places where the entire town is living in t- under ten roofs. No air conditioning. Tents. Scraping around in trash piles of trying to find their next meal. And we, every one of us, if we wanted to go out to eat today, everyone in here could go out to eat. Even if you don't have the money, you got plastic. So I'm going to have me a steak. I want a ribeye. I want a bone-in ribeye. I want a tomahawk ribeye. $95. Boom. Done. I had it. I ate it. What? I liked it. We're so spoiled. And it's a victory, and we're living it up. And we also can be complacent. Guard against complacency. We cannot stay sustained on our past victories. You need to be looking for a new victory every week. Conquer the devil. Hit the devil in the face. Kick him between the teeth. Hit him between the teeth. Hit him between the eyes every week. Keep him beat down. He was trying to raise up his head. He's trying to raise up like the serpent he is and strike you so you got to keep him beat down. Moses, whoop him, whoop him. Give him a good old-fashioned whooping. Not a whipping, a whooping. Let's spell that, W-H-O-O-P-I-N. Whooping. I want a whooping. Moses died at 120 years old, and as he died, he blessed the next generation. He challenged them. He didn't say, hey, congratulations. We did a lot. Boy, we did a lot. We crossed that Red Sea. Boy, we did miracles, signs, and wonders. Pillar of fire by night, cloud by day. I mean, you wouldn't believe the stuff we did. We did it all for you kids. Kids, be blessed in the name of Jesus. We did it all for you. You guys are set. We did all the work. And so you guys, you have nothing to worry about. No, he challenged them. And he reminded them that God will keep you in the battle that you will face. The battle's coming. I fought my battles. I'm 120 years old and now I'm passing away. I'm, I'm going to give up the ghost and I'm going to go be with my Lord and Savior. You're going to have to fight. Raise up your children to be able to fight. Raise up your children to know how to pray. Raise up your children to know how to seek the face of God when the times get rough. You can't do it for them forever. He reminded them that God will keep you. Will. Future. Turn to Joshua chapter 1. And I just want to read verses 1 through 2 of Joshua 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready 
to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. Battles are coming, but victories are all around the corner as well. I'm not scared of the battle when I have God on my side. So get Him so close to you. You need to have a close experience with God. If you come to church every Sunday, you're here on Tuesdays, you're here on Wednesdays, but you can do that, you can be a part, you can be a part of a team, you can kind of join the team, but you're not really a participating member of the team. You know, when the battle comes, there's certain ones that get put on the front line that maybe have more muscle, more endurance, more skill with their weapon, more skill with their weapon. So it's important that not only are you part of the team, but you are an active participating member, one that we can call on when the work gets serious. Because work is coming, battles are coming. I want to be a part of the, of the victory, but not only a part of the victory, but I want to be a part of the, of the victory where when the victory is done and we're all excited and we're all celebrating, I'm the one who's sweating profusely. And maybe I've got a, a, a bruise on my forehead and a cut on my arm and I've got some signs that I've been in battle. Don't be scared of the bruise. Don't be scared of getting hurt. Don't be scared of getting wounded. So many Christians say, oh, I, I don't know about that. You know that in battle there had to be grown men that when the, the, the order was given to charge, it was like the, the warriors, the ones who had their sword, I'm pointing to this Bible right now, the ones who knew how to wield that sword to, to invoke the name of Jesus and also in the physical, wield that sword and work that sword. They've been practicing with their sword. They've been training with their sword. And they knew how to operate that sword. And they were strong in, in physical and spiritual. They're strong. And when the order is given to charge, their charge is like this. But you know good and well that many men, grown men with hair on their chest, with a deep voice. And they want to play the part. Oh yeah, I'm a part of the children of Israel. We're warriors. Look, I've got my shield, my sword. I even talk like one. And when they say charge, I'm going to charge. Charge! how many of us we live our Christian life our Christian walk Char charge that deep voice is like charge in my job I've seen it I, I have seen how cowardice comes upon a man in a moment of, this, this is the moment right now where this is what you trained for, this is what you signed up for, and now it's time for you to put your gear on and hook that regulator in and grab a hose and go put the fire out. Or you don't have the luxury of having that fire hose and you've got to go search two or three floors above a fire with some heat, knowing that something could happen in there because somebody might be in there and it's hot. And I've seen cowardice creep up on men where they're outside and it's like, everybody, get in the gear on, get it, zip it up, go, go. You ready? Let's go. And somebody else, oh, my mask messed up. Oh, my glove, oh, my glove, oh, my this, oh, my that. Oh, we'll see you when we get out. We'll do it. We'll do it. We got you. You stay out here and pretend like you got problems. But we all got problems. We all got problems. Join the crowd. Pastor got problems. Pastor's wife got problems. Now she's, you're perfect. <laughs> hey, and I'll be honest with you. Sometimes your problems become my problems. And that's a problem. 
And we stress out about you a lot of times. And we're texting you and wondering about you. And we're like, oh God, well, just preach this sermon. Maybe we can preach to the crowd and that person will be here and they'll hear it and they'll do it. And I don't, I don't want to go to them directly. I don't want to offend them. I don't want to tell them. To, you know, i got to ask you, all of you here today, are we pastors or are we your friends? Because I'm going to tell you what, I kind of pastored my children. So we do have some fruit. So if you see these boys, these men, they're men. They bench, both of them bench press more than me. So these men that are up here, if you see like, okay, they got it together. That came from a lot of, I'm going to tell you what, Bryce. Jaren, you shut your mouth. Come here. But see, so I kind of take that same stance with pastoring. So you've got to allow us to be able to tell you in a nice way. You're my pastor. You're my pastor. Pastor, tell, pastor, tell me how it is. Okay. You ready? You need. You really need to do this, man. You really need to. You need to step it up, man. You need to be the man. You need to be the woman. You need to be a leader. You know. You, come on now. We want you. Be, why? Because we want more for you. God wants more for you. Joshua, Joshua one verses six through seven. He, after he tells them it's going to happen, he said, "Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them." He gives them hope right there. Yes, Moses was powerful, but God had more. We cannot live on a Moses experience. we got to have a Joshua experience. Be the Joshua to your family. Be the Joshua to this town and this community. Pick up and lead somebody. I'm not a leader. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. God has empowered you. Don't make the name of God. Don't make the name of Jesus to be weak and ineffective. Invoke it and know that it's powerful. If somebody walks in that door and they've got a badge on and maybe some weapons and they say, we've been sent by Joe Biden himself. Shut it down. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do my best to fight that and fight that, but for a moment... There's going to be some struggle there. There's going to be some power there that we'll be like, well, maybe they shut us down today, but we'll relocate. You know, we'll, we'll go have church out in the woods. I know a good spot out in Maydale, you know. We'll go to Ponte, one of these places they don't even know how to pronounce. They'll be like, I think they're in Maydale or Ponta. We'll search them out and hunt them down. Because uh, y'all, y'all ain't from here. We'll fool them. We'll tell them we're down in Alto. <laughs> There's some power that comes with the name. There's some power with FBI. There's some power with CIA. There's some power with police department and officer. We don't agree with everything, but there's some power. They can, they can move things around. They can, you can fight and fight and argue all the way to the jail. You know, you can't, you can't arrest me. You, you can't put me in cuffs. I'm in cuffs now. You can't even, you can't arrest me. You can't throw me in that squad car. You, you head just hit the other side of the door. You laying sideways in the squad car. All, all this, you can't, you can't, he just did. I'll have, what's your badge number? What, you've seen the YouTube videos now. I want your badge number. I'm videoing you here on Facebook. I'm doing live right now. I don't care. Welcome to Cherokee County Jail. It's pretty cool, I think, that you videoed yourself from the parking lot all the way to the jail. Welcome to Cherokee County Jail. We're going to give you three hots and a cot. I got it right that time, Jason. We need a hunger for more. Yes, Moses was powerful, but we need more. New territory requires a new appetite. Too, too many Christians just want to be regular. They want to be just a regular old Christian, just regular. Really operating and living off of spiritual metamucil. They regular. Spiritual metamucil. How long can you live on Metamucil? There's some vitamins in that. And yeah, you can just be regular, just average. Just, I'm, let's don't get on regular too much. Let's talk about average. But they don't, want, they don't crave the meat of the Word. The meat of the Word. This is something that will sustain us. Too many people want to just be 
a regular Christian. Just make it easy on me, Pastor. Nothing special, nothing fancy, nothing extra. I just want to be able to come to church, hear you preach a sermon that's going to make me laugh periodically. Maybe you throw a video up. I really like those videos. Can you do some more of those? I'll, you know, we got to be careful how we are, how we are as Christians. And you need to be careful about what you expect of me. I need you to motivate me from this Word of God. Motivate me to do better for my family. And tell me in a really different way this Sunday than you did it the last 12 Sundays. Maybe it'll be the Sunday where I'll be like, you know what, that, you really put it in a pretty good way that I actually, that was a good one. I'm going to go ahead and commit to God on that one because you did good on that one. I, I hear it, and I like it, and I appreciate it, and I understand it. Hey, pastor, good sermon. Hey, pastor, good sermon. Uh, you, my response, all glory to God. All glory to God. But when it comes down to it, I'm really like Taco Bell. Taco Bell, it's meat, lettuce, tomatoes, cheese, sour cream, guacamole. They dress it up different every few weeks. Gordito Taco. Supreme Burrito. Oh, what did y'all do this time different? This, oh, y'all got me. Oh, we got to get to Taco Bell, baby. You ain't going to believe this, man. They, got the, they take it, they fold it, they, they, they put it in an octagon, and they steam it, and they press it, and they grill it. It's a tortilla. It's meat, cheese, lettuce, and tomatoes, and sour cream. Same old thing. They just dressed it up different. Sometimes I feel like that. I'm like, man, alive. I mean, I just, I just dress it up different. Here's some notes. Here's a paper. I got stacks and stacks and stacks now of two years of worth of pastoring of just papers and highlights, papers and highlights. And every time, I'm just wanting somebody to say, give your heart to God. I shouldn't have to dress it up 15,000 different ways. It's going to be the same great meal that you could get at Taco Bell. That's a joke. You can laugh. It's much better than that. And listen, God ain't going nowhere. We ain't like McDonald's where it's like McRib is back. McRib just disappears and goes somewhere for months on end. And then it just shows back up. McRib is back. Everybody go to McDonald's, get a McRib. I don't know why they do that. Just serve it all the time. Listen, it's here every day of the week. It's here all day long. It's not back. It's not coming. It's been back. It's here. He was before time. He'll be after time. What is God saying today? He's like, I ain't going nowhere. I'm here for eternity. Now you, you're going to die. You're going to take your last breath. But guess what? You ain't going anywhere either. You've got a soul that's going to live in eternity. What you want? You want heat or air conditioning? Because if you don't give your heart to Him in a full and complete way that you're supposed to surrender 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 to him i surrender to you lord today lock me up in in heaven i want to i surrender i give myself to you i gladly give myself to you i gladly submit to you god new victories new territory all come with a new hunger the right hunger Matthew 5 and 6 says this, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Because we can be hungry for a lot of things. But we got to be hungry for the right things. We all have a hunger. You have a sin nature that says, I want to look at that. I want to taste that. I want to drink that. I want to smoke that. Why? Because it feels good. Duh. My friends look like they're having a blast. We're out on Lake Jacksonville the other day, and we're riding around the lake, riding around the lake. We go past this party barge. We go past this house. Lots of people kick back, drinking it up. They look like they're having a blast. I have no idea what's going to happen with that situation. You might have a married woman hook up with a married man. All of a sudden, pain, strife, divorce, anger, hatred, kids' lives are ruined. Something happens out there at the lake, but it looked like they were having fun, though. Wait, hold up, hold up, hold up. They were having a good time, right? Yeah, they had a good time for a minute. And then, the, and then the devil put his foot, he got his toehold in the door, and then sin came in. But how does he come in? He doesn't say, 
Sin never presents itself like this. <clears throat> I would like to uh, destroy your wife, your, your marriage. I want to take your kids and ruin their life. Uh, I would also like to steal all of your money. I would also like to steal, basically, let me just simplify this, sir. I want to steal, kill, and destroy everything in your life. May I please come in the house? Are you, is you, is you crazy? <laughs> uh, no. Get out of here. That's not how it comes in. It comes in presented like, you ain't going to believe this, man. You are the luckiest guy in the world. You are the luckiest person in the world. You have no idea how lucky you are that I'm here. Look at the opportunities. Look at the look what I have for you. It's so good. You want some, don't you? You want it. I'm not going to tell you what's coming with it. You're not going to hear that. That's not in these notes. I don't know who needed to hear that, but praise God for just, you, you just hear it, you just take it. Are we going to be a pastor or am I going to be just your best friend? I don't, I don't be nobody's buddy. I'm not here to be your best friend. I'm Bryce, I'm not your best friend. I'm your daddy. Jaron, George, I'm not your best friend. I'm your daddy. And I'm not trying to be nobody else's daddy. Don't take that the wrong way. I hate that. I, you know, I've heard, I've said that before. I just said it last Sunday. Don't tell your kids you got to do this. Why? Because daddy said so. Well, hear my heart. Okay, so you need to hunger and thirst after righteousness. Spiritual junk food will not do it for you. We all have a hunger, right? Many of you are hungry right now. This is probably not going to help. But let's just look at some of the... I want you to think spiritually. Some of the stuff we're taking in. Beautiful. Sweet tasting, lovely. Bluebell made an ice cream flavor after it. Oatmeal pie. Okay, yeah, that's great. We got oatmeal pies. We got Pringles, delicious. Mmm, bite-sized Pop-Tarts. Yep. Spiritual snack food. Snap, honey bun. Love some iced honey buns. That's great. More apple pies or in, uh, honey buns. This stuff all came from downstairs. What in the world are we giving our children? We're loving Jesus. We love the Lord. Are y'all mainlining Reese's down there or what? Man, they're crunching up Reese's and making smoothies out of this stuff. I wanted to make a point, though, very quickly about just spiritual junk food. And just watch how what you're... It's a hunger for more. We have a hunger. We know we're going to be hungry. But what are we feeding ourselves? Are we just on YouTube? Facebook watch. Which video, 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 video. Screen time today is up to three hours. Have I read the Word of God? Not one lick because it's boring. Videos, videos. Oh, man, you ain't going to believe this. Hey, man, you ain't going to believe this. Hey, man, you ain't going to believe this. God's like, hey, man, you ain't fixing to believe this, but I'm fixing to rock your world because you won't turn to me. God's wanting to slap us and hit us in the face and say, uh, you ain't, you're not going to believe this, but I love you enough that I'm ready to give you a little bit of a whooping and to try to help you to get some get right in you because I love you that much. We would discipline our boys because we love them. You have no idea the prayers that we pray. I have literally prayed this for some people in this congregation and in this community. Lord, do whatever you've got to do to wake them up. You don't want people praying that over you. But I'm telling you, it sometimes has to revert to that. Lord, do whatever you've got to do to wake them up. Because I don't care if they have to lose a limb. I don't care if they have to be in a car wreck. I don't care if they have to get in lockup. I don't care if they're in jail or prison. But Lord, whatever they have to face in this temporary life, I pray that it would be so powerful that it would make them turn to you, God. And then that they would give their heart to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, do it. Last Sunday, we left from a Father's Day service and we went to Beto Unit in Palestine and we ministered to 450 men that have God in their heart. They love the Lord, but many of them did not get there until they got put in prison. 
And they say this, they say like, it's hot, it's miserable, but I know that I'm saved and I'm so glad about it. And I know that I've given my heart to the Lord and I had a drug problem. I can't get drugs in here like I, God saved me from a life of drugs. He had to lock me up. There was a man I spoke to there. He's the drummer for the praise team. John, and he said he was in prison for 10 years. Not, this man was stubborn. It's not like, oh man, I'm in prison. Now I got to get my heart right to God. I got to get my heart right. I got to give my life to God. No, 10 years in prison. And then he gives his heart to the Lord. Listen, let's just don't even get there, folks. Let's give our heart to the Lord. Not, I didn't say tomorrow or next week, today. Walls need to fall today. Satisfied or paralyzed? Let me just speak on this just for a minute. If you want to kill an alligator, go to kill him right after you fed him a big meal. A, an alligator, after a big meal, enters it. You can look it up online and you can study about it. They enter into a state where they are almost in a state of paralysis. Now, can any man in the house say amen to that? <laughs> You're like, somebody's going to have to drive home from the steakhouse because I am really full right now. You need to think about this, though. You're so full. That alligator gets so full that he just begins to be in a state of paralysis because he's satisfied and he's paralyzed. So maybe you've had a little success in your life. You're doing right now what your parents never did. You're way more successful in life than your parents ever, ever were. And now you just be chilling. You're just chilling. You ain't living for God. You're chilling. Are you paralyzed? Are you satisfied? Come on now, we've got to get hungry. We've got to get hungry. What have you eaten of this world that has got you? What have you eaten of this world that has gotten you so full and satisfied that you don't even hunger for this? You're like, I don't even want, I don't even have a taste for this. I literally don't even desire to, I, zero, zero. Not interested. Why? Because I've got a lot of this. I've got a lot of this. This is so prevalent in my life that I really don't even need this. This is an old book on the shelf. I come some Sundays, some Sundays, maybe I do, maybe I don't. And nice, great message. See you in a few weeks. And that's literally my life. That's when I say, well, yeah, I'm a Christian. I live for God. I love God. God knows I love Him. Just try that with your wife. Try that with your family member. Go up to your mom or dad. Go up to a family member and say, hey, I love you so much. And I, you're my family. You, you, you're my homie. You're my blood. I love you. All right, I'll holler at you in about six months. You ain't my friend. You're my blood, but you ain't my friend. Can I call you in the middle of the night? Nope, not really. Because I don't even know if you'll answer. I don't even know your number. Oh, I don't even know your number. All right, that's a message. Quit settling for the same old diet. In Numbers we read where the children of Israel, they ate leeks when they were in bondage. They ate leeks, garlic, and onions. Delicious. Delicious. What a great way to live your life. We're, what are we having today? Leek casserole. What about tomorrow? Well, we're going to mix it up a little bit. We're going to throw some onion there. Leek and onion. Looks a great casserole. You're going to love it. Then for Friday, we're going to have leek, garlic, and onion soup. And we're going to do the same thing next week and the next week and the next week. And they were eating what we're going to call the food of bondage. It's nasty. It tastes bad. But they were, they were surviving. They're getting by. You can get by living a life of sin. It's nasty. It feels bad. It don't taste good. And it, it just, you can just get by. You can survive. Nobody wants to survive. I want to thrive. I want to thrive. I don't want to just survive. The food of bondage. They were full, but they're full of bitterness, full of anger, full of strife, full of depression. They were full of something, but it was full of the wrong things. Praise him, y'all. Come on up. Easy to tell, though, when someone is consuming the wrong things, like the leeks, the garlics, and the onion. You ever been around anybody where it's like, man, I don't know what they do, but every time I see them, their breath smells like garlic. I work with some guys where I'm like, I can walk in the locker room. And I'm like, oh, so-and-so's here today. I can smell him. It's easy to tell when people are partaking and consuming 
When people are consuming the wrong things because it's on their breath, I can smell it, it stinks. Everything that comes out of their mouth stinks. Their words stink. Let me get to the point of this. Their words stink. What The fruit of their lips stinks. The anger, the hatred, the things that they speak out against their fellow Christian, their brothers, their wife, their mother, their, their kids, everything that comes out, it stinks. And so it's real easy for me to tell what you're consuming because of what's coming out of your mouth. There's no love. There's no grace. Why? Because you are consuming spiritual junk food. The next thing that in their diet, I'm going to speak about three things in their diet, was when they were in the wilderness and they, and they ate manna. Manna, in Hebrew, it literally means what is it? Manna means what is it? How many of you men, you've had a meal your wife made and you said, what is it? I don't... I got Jerry. That's funny. Jerry's over there laughing. Yeah, it, it's happened. We've had a meal before, and I've said, "I love it's it's good. It's good. It's, uh, <laughs> it's uh, what is it?" Let me speak on manna just for a minute. Many of you, you've started coming to church. It's new to you, and you're and you kind of like, "What is it? Why are they raising their hands?" They're talking about coming to Tuesday nights. Why do I need this? Why do I need this? What is this? What is that? Listen, just trust God enough, not me, not man. Trust His Word enough that you will just jump in because you see the results. You know, when you're following a leader, you need to follow a leader that has results, that has some fruit, okay? Because the fruit speaks of the leadership. And so you need to just jump in and say, I don't, my kids and my family's a wreck. I need to follow some leadership. I need to follow somebody that at least it appears like something is being done right. What are they doing? I don't know what they're doing. It seems like he raises his hand every time he comes into the church service. He's, worship, he's worshiping God. He speaks of this worship of a God. What, what are we doing? I'm worshiping God. I don't know why I'm raising my hands. I don't even understand it. Why am I giving him my time, talent, and treasure? Why am I giving back to God what is already his? And I've heard them say like, well, we're stealing from God if we don't give to God what's already his. I don't understand it. I don't really understand all that. It's probably a scam. They're building a new building. There's a groundbreaking tonight. And they're always asking for money. That's a lie. We don't hardly ever ask for money because God's going to provide. It's not even about the money. It's about your obedience to the word of God. It's about your obedience to the word of God. You may not understand it, but just jump in and just know that if you will seek Him, greater things are coming. The third thing, and I'm closing with this here just about five, give me about five minutes. It went a little bit long. Third was the fruit of their labor, the fruit of the ground. Joshua 5 and 12, we go back and read that. The manna stopped the day after they ate this food from the land. Something had to change. The, it was time for this manna to stop. There was no longer any manna for the Israelites, but that year they ate of the produce of, Can of Canaan. What is produce? It's fruit. It is the fruit. So God's wanting to bless the fruit of your labor. It's time for you to get hungry and produce a harvest. Let's all stand. I'm going to dismiss this all really quick, I promise. But it's time for you to produce a harvest. We want, to, we want to have this stance in church, Christians, Bible Belt, Southern Gospel. Hey, praise the Lord. Lord, bless me. Lord, give me fruit. Lord, give me produce. I want to be productive, Lord. Well, then get up in the morning, live for Him, go to work, and you produce a harvest. God needs you to make it happen. He's not going to give. Who in the world do we think we are that we can go to the God of heaven and earth, of all of the heavens, of all time and all space and all eternity, and say, Here I am on tiny planet earth, in one little small square foot of planet earth, God in heaven over all of creation. Bless me. You bless me now, God. Tell you what. If you'll turn that around and you'll bless Him and you'll live for Him and He knows that you're 100% sold out to Him,
that square foot of territory that you have, that small victory that you have, will expand. And he'll say, every bit of heaven, every bit of earth, everything, I own it all. It's all mine, and now it's all yours. You now have rights. You now are part of my kingdom, and you are part of something greater than your small square foot of space. If you want to live in one small square foot here on planet earth for the rest of your life and just be miserable, you just go right ahead. I'm not living with you. You can be a part of something greater. And I choose today to be part of something greater. It's time for us to get hungry and produce a harvest. Harvest relies on sowing. The amount sown is contingent on effort and faithfulness. That's why the Bible says, they that sow in tears will reap in joy. He that will not plow by reason of the heat will have no harvest in the winter. So just know this, it's going to get hot sometimes. It's going to be tough sometimes. You're actually going to have to work a little harder than you realize you can work. And you can do it with Christ by your side. It's going to take some effort. It's going to take some blood, sweat, and tears and some toil. But he says that he, he that will not plow by reason of the heat will have no harvest in the winter. It's time to have a harvest that is beyond what you can compare. I'm talking about the kind of harvest that they throw the nets off in the water where there's been no fish. No fish. We've been fishing all night long, all day long, and there's no fish. But you know what? How about you throw the, the net out on the other side of the boat? That's the dumbest idea I've heard all night. We've been fishing over here, and now all of a sudden the fish are going to be just on this side of the boat. Sounds crazy, right? Well, it wasn't crazy because of who told them to do it. God said, not man, throw your, throw your nets out over here. They couldn't even pull the nets into the boat because they were so full of blessings. Your fruitfulness is tied to your willingness to be uncomfortable. I refuse to be satisfied and paralyzed. Lord, always, always, always keep me hungry for more of you. Today, I am calling anybody, anybody that wants more of God, every head bowed and every eyes closed. If this message has hit you between the eyes like it's hit me between the eyes and hit me right in my heart, I want you to raise your hand and say, that's me. That is me. That is me. I want more of God. I have got to have more of God. I refuse to be settled for just the same old thing keeping the status quo. I don't want to have the status quo. There are hands up all over this building. You can lower your hand. And right now we're going to have an altar call. And if you want more of God, if you can speak to yourself, if you can be honest with yourself and look in a spiritual mirror and say, I'm not what I need to be. I need more of God. Guess what? I am saying that for myself. As a pastor, I will say, I am not everything I need to be. I need more of God. I'm not going to lay hands on you. I'm going to pray right now in the name of Jesus, a blessing that God will move in this place. And God will rain down on you. And He will cause a blessing. He will cause a greater hunger in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Lord, move in a mighty way. Lord, let your glory fall in this place. Lord, you do the work. Holy Spirit, break us. Come and overtake us. You're the one we're living for. Come on now, it's your time. Reach out to God right now. Speak out. Reach out to Him. Holy Spirit, lead us to the heart of Jesus. Father, move in the name of Jesus. There is nothing we want.
I decrease as you, you increase. increase. It's all about you. It's all about you. Come on, sing that again, Lexi. Sing that again. I decrease. I have to decrease. I decrease. Get out of my pride. I decrease. It's all about you. It's not about me. It's not about me. I decrease as you increase. It's all about me. It's not about me. I decrease and I decrease as you increase. It's all about you. It's not back to you to be hungry for more God we want victory after victory after victory we will not be satisfied with one victory Lord I want a thousand victories I want to be on your side God I want to be on team Jesus for the rest of my life for the rest of my life listen come back tonight be here at 530 not 6 o'clock 530 we're going to have a little bit of food laid out for people just to enjoy in the foyer, some drinks. And then at 6 o'clock, we're going to go right out here. We're going to break ground on some victory. This is, this is a victory out here. This is forward movement. This is progress for Covenant Church and for God's kingdom. And be here tonight. Listen, immediately after that, we're going to sing a couple of songs. There's going to be a little short, little bit of vision cast. And we will cast some vision about where we believe God is taking us and where he's wanting us to go and things that we see in the future for Covenant Church. And we want you to be a part of it. Be here tonight. Be a part of what's going on. We love you guys. Be blessed in the name of Jesus. Carry this home to your family. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. To the heart of